In this episode of Call to Marriage, I get real and candid about what our first year of marriage looked like as we kick off this marriage bootcamp series. I talked about what some of our struggles were, what we did to improve, and what we continue to do to improve. So enjoy the show. Hi there. Welcome to Call to Marriage, a show about navigating life as a military spouse. I'm your host, Callie, a newcomer on the scene of what is the military spouse life. The military community is a tight-knit, but sometimes tight-lipped one. I hope to pull back the curtain on life as a military spouse to answer the questions that I wish someone would have answered for me, talk about my experiences I've gone through, or talk about the ones that I'm going through right now. I'm always learning new things about this crazy new life and invite you on this journey with me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to Call to Marriage. We are kicking off our marriage bootcamp series and I am so excited for you guys to hear all the awesome resources that we have coming on to talk about marriage and how to strengthen a marriage, building into that marriage tool belt. But to kick off the series, I thought what better way than to talk about my own marriage and Uh, being a year in and what it's like to look back on this year and everything that we've learned together as a team, as a partnership. And so that's where I wanted to kick off the Marriage Bootcamp series is with some honest, raw, candid conversation with you guys about what this past year has looked like. So let's just get going into it. And so to kick it off, we've been married a year. Like I said, we got married on 4th of July, which is great for him because it means he can never forget the anniversary because there's fireworks attached to it. But this year was also unique in that we dealt with moving and a deployment and getting a new dog and all these different things that really added to, I think, the stress and the expectations that come with the first year of marriage. It definitely didn't look how I anticipated it looking. And that's not a bad thing. I think we have an idea of what will happen in our head. And when that gets changed, it's uncomfortable. Change is uncomfortable. Change is unpredictable. And so dealing with that and working around that was one aspect of, you know, facing this year of marriage, looking back at this year of marriage, but also, especially with a um, separation thrown into the mix so early on in our marriage, it challenged us in ways that I don't think um, we really were prepared for. And what I mean by that is we had to learn very quickly how to communicate and work through things from a distance very early on. And we also had to deal with misunderstandings and frustrations from a distance very early on. I think for me especially, I am a we need to fix it right now kind of person. And my husband is more of a we're gonna cool down first and fix it later kind of person. And so dealing with that when frustrations arised Um, was hard. It was challenging. It wasn't an easy thing to go through. I don't think any tiffs in marriage are, but especially when you throw a distance into that, it makes it hard and and it makes it challenging. And so the one tool or one aspect of our marriage that was strengthened the most this past year, which I think is good in the long run, was our ability to communicate and to express when we're frustrated and articulate why we're frustrated instead of just letting things lie. I think I'm really good at 
brushing things off or not speaking up because I don't want to A, be a burden or B, create a mountain out of a molehill when I've learned if I express that I'm frustrated when I'm frustrated, even with the small things that I believe will create a mountain out of a molehill, if I express them sooner rather than later, it's much easier to work through them and deal with them than if I hold it off and let it sit and and bubble and fester within me. I think I tend to build resentment and bitterness rather quickly if things aren't going my way. We're both very strong-willed people. And so learning that about myself and learning that I like things to be done a certain way and when they're not done a certain way, I get flustered or I don't quite understand why things aren't being done my way. So knowing that about myself, I'm able to go into conversations with that perspective of knowing, okay, if this conversation doesn't go the way that I want to go, I'm going to become frustrated. I'm going to become flustered and understanding is this frustration coming from a valid spot, a valid place of this isn't right or this is the wrong way to approach things or is this frustration coming from this isn't my way to approach things and realizing that about myself has been very helpful and to say I I don't do that anymore I don't get flustered if it's not done my way would be a lie because I do Um, I do still hold things in instead of talking about them right away when they're frustrating me because I think deep down I still have this fear that if I say something, um, you know, I'm going to be a burden or I'm going to cause a bigger issue, which I think is honestly just the nature of being a female sometimes that we overthink these scenarios in our head and expect them to be these bigger things when they're really not. But um, I will say addressing issues when they come up instead of letting them lie for the most part, I've gotten a lot better at. And I don't think I would have gotten better at that if we hadn't had the separation and the forced communicating, communicating needs succinctly and clearly. Because when you don't have body language to read off of, words can get misinterpreted, especially if, you know, you're just texting or if you're doing, you know, it can be very easy to, to have things be misinterpreted. So learning how to communicate needs and wants clearly, um, was a big growth point for us looking back at this year. And I think the other big growth point from this year was understanding each other's needs a little bit better. Um, I know I've talked about the love languages on this podcast before, and that's only because I think that they're just so, valid and they really do come into play quite a lot more than I thought they ever would in that I think I believed that I was marrying someone with the same love languages as myself. I think my husband felt the same way too and then when we started to realize we, we weren't speaking the same love language was when we were able to understand that this person does love me, they just show it a different way. So for me, one of my love languages is uh, words of affirmation, acts of service, and gifts. And my husband is very much so um, physical touch and quality time. And so for me, if you know I wasn't getting flowers or if I wasn't getting small trinkets or you know certain things around the house weren't being done in the way that I wanted them to be done, it felt like I wasn't being loved. Whereas my husband, if he wasn't getting his physical touch or quality time, or if I was on my phone when we were hanging out, he wasn't feeling like he was being loved. And so understanding that about each other, I think one of the things that's touched on in the five love languages is that we show love the way we want to receive love. 
And so we believe in our head that we're showing this person an immense amount of love and care and that everything is fine and dandy because we're showing them love how we wish to receive love. When in reality, if that's not their love language, if that's not how they communicate love or if that's not how they desire to be loved, it can come um, as if we're not showing them uh, affection at all. And so understanding that um, my husband's not a gifts person and that when I would give him small gifts here and there, they weren't hitting as um, impactfully as if they were to be received on my end. And um, so learning that about each other and understanding that and also how to do that from a long distance again was challenging. It wasn't that it was impossible. I think there are ways to show um, each of the love languages from a distance. And I know I've talked about that as well in a previous episode, I believe with um, Courtney, if you want to go back and, and listen to that, she made some really valid um, and awesome suggestions for showing love from a distance and how you do that, especially if your partner's love language um, is physical touch or, or affection, what that can look like. Um, but also to to that point, understanding how to think through the love languages even that exercise alone of saying okay my husband feels love in this way I feel love in this way what are things we can do from a distance that will that will match that and thinking through that I think was an exercise that caused me to remove myself from myself um, and how I desire to be loved and really think through ways in which I could show my partner love and ways that I could articulate love to him in a way that was going to be meaningful, impactful. Thinking through that exercise removed me from the equation and made me focus on my partner, which in turn, I think, strengthened not only my bond with my husband, but also caused me to, to focus on him instead of myself and, and how I want things to be done and how I need things to be done. And any exercise that moves the focus from yourself, that shifts the focus away from, you know, your self-center, I think is helpful because I think a lot of times we really focus on our own needs and that's not to say that we shouldn't focus on our needs. We should, there's a time and place for that. But when you bring a partner into the equation, when you bring your person into the equation, only focusing on your needs and how you need things to be done and how you need love to be shown to you and having that you center removed from it is how you're going to see growth. I think I personally struggled a lot in the first six months of marriage because one, my person was gone and I was depressed and I really wanted him to be home, but also I struggle so much removing myself from the conversation. If my love isn't being met and the needs that I need it to be met, if things aren't being done in the way I need them to be done, I have very much so a um, A-type personality, if you can't tell, <laughs> but I struggled a lot in those first six months because life wasn't going the way I needed it to go. I didn't feel like I was loved because love wasn't being shown in the way I needed it to be shown, and I couldn't articulate that because in my brain, my partner should have known right away what I needed, and I think that might be a trap that you put yourself in as well is that we believe our partner should know these things. They've been with me long enough. They should know this. But if I've never communicated that or if my needs have changed and I never communicated that, if I've never told my partner what I needed, it is this belief that they can read minds, which is 
I don't know anybody, unless you're an X-Men, that can read minds, right? That's an unrealistic expectation that I think, too, is very much so, um, and this might be me getting on a soapbox, but, you know, Hallmark movies where the gentleman flies in and, you know, they know right away what she needs or they can see right away what she needs, and there's no conversation, there's no communication, there's no con- like talking that takes place to communicate that. He just knows right away what she wants and what she needs. And in reality, that's not true at all. Our needs changed, our views changed, our desires changed. And I think there's an innate base, right, that we have that is is constant. But if we don't communicate that to our partner, they don't understand our needs. They don't know how to fulfill the needs effectively to where we feel that love and that cherishing. And so those six months were hard because I just assumed my husband would know what I needed and and when I needed it and how I needed things. And it wasn't until we started communicating with each other that I felt, okay, we're, we're doing well. We're going towards a good a good place. We're putting in the work and we're putting in the effort to get us to a good place. You know, a couple weeks ago, we did um, what's called a strong bond, which is a marriage retreat that's led by the chaplain. Um, If you're in a military branch outside of the army, it may be called something different, but it's essentially a marriage workshop, a weekend or or however long they align it for, for a, a marriage retreat. And, you know, being able to take time to work on our marriage, put the investment in on our marriage was also something that was so helpful. I think it's very easy to get to a place where you feel comfortable in your marriage. And I think once you start to feel comfortable is when things get hard again, because comfort is very, very close to lazy in work terms. Once you're comfortable, it's very easy to get lazy and let things slide and go back to old habits. I think when I started to get comfortable, I start to shut down. I don't talk as much. I don't communicate as much. I would much rather keep it inside and let it fester and boil and build into this massive explosion of emotion than just talk about it. And so having those small investments like the strong bonds or like weekends away or time together or date nights, having small investments that break you out of that comfort zone, that break you out of that routine is a way that you're able to continuously grow and flourish in your marriage. And like I said before, the first six months of marriage for us were, for me at least, were hard because I had to be challenged and I couldn't have things done my way. Deployment guaranteed that I couldn't have things done my way. I couldn't have that first year of marriage that I had put in place in my head. I couldn't have that Hallmark movie moment that I had built up in my head. But through continuously working on our communication, continuously working on understanding each other's needs and love languages and articulating those needs and love languages, love languages really allowed us to put us in a place where personally, I believe we're doing really well. We're a team. We do things as a team. We're a partnership. Um, I know some couples like to, to do and make decisions, especially financially, where they're their own, but we do everything as a team. We do everything as a partnership, and that also helps a lot in that I know that he has my back, and he knows that I have his, and we're going to support and cherish and love each other through no matter what, 
And so being a team, being a partnership, articulating, communicating, and taking time to invest in us and invest in our team and invest in our partnership has been what has allowed us to grow so much in a year, allowed us to flourish in a year. And so if you are just starting off on the marriage journey, it's going to be hard. It's going to be uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, you get to live life with your best friend. You get to do these amazing things with your best friend. You have someone who's going to love you and support you and cherish you through thick and thin if you put the investment in and if you work on each other and remove that focus of the you and instead replace it with a focus of we. How are we doing? What are we doing? What are we working on? So again, like I said at the beginning of this episode, this marriage boot camp is going to be so awesome. I have so many cool different interviews coming in to talk about how to work on a marriage, how to flourish in this marriage tool belt, talking about, you know, active duty marriages, talking about how to fight in a relationship, how to come together and be a team and what that looks like and all of these different things is just going to be so crucial to building that marriage tool belt to building the the tools and the the weapons you can use to fight anything that comes in contact with your marriage that means no good or isn't going to be fruitful so if this is your first episode with call to marriage welcome this is a community for new and seasoned spouses but with a focus on new spouses to navigate military life and what military life looks like if you have a question or if you're curious or you just need help and you're going through this and it's weird and it's uncomfortable you can email call to marriage at um, ask.ctmpodcast at gmail.com or dm us on instagram at call to marriage I am so grateful to have everyone on this journey with me. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please leave us a rating and a review. It truly helps us so much to just continue to grow this podcast and reach more spouses. So with that, I look forward to the rest of you listening in to the rest of the Marriage Bootcamp series, and I will talk to you all very soon. Bye.